0: Welcome to the Morecast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake & in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the Dairy Block. Um, restrictions are noticeably loosened. CDC put out guidelines today telling you what unvaccinated people can do, Um it 's basically outdoors you can basically have fun is what i the way I would describe it um, obviously don 't put yourself in a uh, situation where there 's a bunch of unvaccinated people uh, but obviously you know things are loosening up, and it shows the benefits of getting vaccinated so if you 're getting if you're vaccinated, go down to the Zeri block uh, and get yourself some wine a bunch of family wines, one of the prettiest places in Denver. One of the, my favorite places to go in Denver, and I'm very much looking forward to going there when I'm able to, after I get my second vaccination in early May. Woo-hoo-hoo. Um, get yourself some of that 2017 Cabernet. Uh, mentioned it to several people. They've all gone down to Blanchard Family Wines or ordered a bottle, and they all loved it. So, look, I know what I'm talking about. But they got Pinot, they got Syrah, they got, you know, Partnerships with Western Slope Wineries, uh, Restoration of Storm Cellars. You know, there really is a local business that needs your support coming out of this pandemic. We're all it's all it it sucked. We know for a year and change it has sucked. We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, folks. Time to take advantage of it. Uh get yourself vaccinated, get yourself the double shot, or if you uh are not of a certain demographic, get yourself the J and J vaccine. Wait a little bit. <laughs> Go out and get yourself some Blanchard Family Wines. One of my favorite places to go in Denver, Colorado, Um, and they will love your support too. Go to bfwdenver.com if you're not quite, you know, into going down physically somewhere. Get yourself a virtual wine tasting or order yourself a bottle. They do delivery, uh, they do uh, shipment, or they do curbside pickup. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blankenwazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coursefield, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, or you talk to them, or if you go to Facebook and Instagram under are Your Family Wines, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you down there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. You know, I always say part of the CSG Network, and it's just me doing a bunch of different podcasts. I wonder, I wonder if that's misleading, me saying CSG Network. But I, I, I guess it doesn't matter because I have a the Twitter account entitled at, at CSG underscore network. Okay, by the way, go follow that at CSG underscore the network. Do that. Go to Twitter or you can follow me at J Morton 78. You could do that, too. Um, we're going to talk about Michael Board Jr. And we're going to talk about his development since Jamal Murray went down specifically. And even more importantly, once Will Barton went down. Um there has been a feeling and, I, and it and has bugged me a bit that they need to tame the ego of Michael Porter Jr. And there's then and, and this is from Nuggets fan. It's it's kind of a weird thing for me because part of what makes some basketball players great is their ego. Um no one gets far in this business without having an ego. Even Nikola Jokic has an ego. Complaining about a foul call or doing all of that is part of having an ego. It is just people need to stop looking at ego as a negative thing. You have to have that sense of ego in order to make it anywhere close to as far as these people make it in basketball. It is a game that where one person can lift an entire team. That requires that level of confidence and ego. And I think there was a feeling among Nuggets fans that he needed to be broken down like a, like a, like a wild horse and then, and then put, put into uh, public again. And I, and I just don't think that was ever the case. I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is fundamentally a different person. He is still the same guy. Um, what he did was he just bought in. And I think a lot of that credit goes to his father, who, who is really a big influence in his life. To kind of get him to that point, but I don't think that was fundamentally a breaking down issue. I don't think they were they had to say we need to make him into what we see as a Clay Thompson type. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was in a Clay Thompson role, which I hated because he doesn't play anything like Clay Thompson. Uh, I think it's a disservice to his size. I've said this over and over on this podcast. Calling him a a six foot ten Clay Thompson is is kind of like <laughs> underestimates how big he is basically. Um, so he was in a role that was suited for a dynamic that featured Jamal Murray, and it is not always easy for players to reframe themselves and get into a different role when another player goes down. This is a significant injury for Jamal Murray, right? This is an injury that will cause him to miss a very long time. Don't compare it to De- Gallo, because that was a different situation, but th- this is this is you know, players miss six, eight, ten months with a with a significant ACL injury. I mean Jamal's gonna work his ass off to get back, but it, it takes a while, folks. And this Nuggets team had fundamentally changed. Fundamentally changed when Jamal Murray went down. And it was aided further, quote-unquote, and I don't mean that in an aided way. I'm not being flip. But I'm saying this, this evolution was contributed to by Will Barton going down. Not so much Monte Morris. And more Will Barton. And as I said in a podcast last week, Will Barton found himself wanting to be Jamal Murray, and that was not—he's not Jamal Murray. He's Will Barton. And there was a lot of attempts to run two-man game. The offense at the end of games was kind of like, let's just hope hope that we get hope that we get into a good position to 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 make a basket. The percentage of uh, of of end-of-game scenarios went down significantly because it was you know you're not the same. A lot of what Jamal does in the two-man game with Jokic is uh, his ability to shot make. Tough shot make, too. How the Nuggets have evolved is very interesting to me. They're a slower team, and that's an eye test statement. but I'm sure there's some person out there who's going to correct me on this, but they seem to be a significantly slower team. Um, and they run a lot of different sets than they did before. Um, Jokic and Porter are working on and have been forced to work on a variation of a two-man game between the two of them, and I hesitate to call it that because, because Porter's not going to dribble a lot, which I think is the next thing he needs to work on is his uh, handle. But uh, what's, what's happening right now is Porter and, and Jokic are really being forced to concentrate on what they can do together. And to a certain extent, Gordon too. But I talked about Gordon extensively last week. Porter is indifferent because he can make difficult shots, and he can make shots from every and everywhere. Um, you know, Jamal could make difficult shots too, but he's different. He's going to cut and penetrate, use crafty moves to get to the cup, or um, hit that you know five to ten foot fadeaway shot. That would inevitably go in. Porter's going to rise above you. And it's an unblockable shot. And the fact that his shot is so pure and so efficient, it makes him deadly from everywhere. But it makes him deadly in a different way. And how you deal with two guys. I mean, Jokic, I mean, Porter is just about the same height as Jokic. Think about this. And you have two guys who are roughly the same height trying to work on a two-man game. Now let me bring up uh before I get to break, let me bring up a scenario a, a a scenario that happened last night, as of this recording when they were playing Memphis, um, that kind of gives me a good idea of where the nuggets are going, and it's a weird kind of correlation, but you know, let me explain. With point oh with point two seconds left in this first half Jokic wanted to run uh, what I would deem a ridiculous out-of-bounds play that had a very big chance of injuring Michael Porter Jr. And rather than just do it, because Jokic said it, Porter was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to stand here by the three-point line. You are not doing this to me. And I'm not saying that in a, a bad relationship sort of way, because Jokic ended up throwing the ball and it goes out-of-bounds. And then they end the, end the first half on a jump ball. Jokic probably wanted to do it. I bet he was a little angry. And that's not a value judgment on Jokic. I think he's just, he is who he is. He wanted to get that done. He thought, And you could tell, you could see, if you go look back at the game, you could see Jokic and Porter arguing about it prior to Jokic making that pass. And Mike was like, I'm I'm not doing it. Um, This is why I think it's a good thing. Um, It's good to have a difference of opinion even with Nikola Jokic. And he and Jamal would argue. Um, In fact, they argued frequently during games, but it didn't affect their relationship. Um, This is the same thing. What I like about this was Porter identified, and this was some maturity, at least the way I saw it, Porter identified that that play was likely going to result in either an injury or something bad. The chances of success were virtually non-existent with 0.2 seconds left. Jokic is just desperately trying to get this done. Like I said, I don't blame Jokic for wanting to try it. That's just how he's wired. And I don't blame um, Porter for saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Good. So that's out of the way. But what that has done is it kind of has essayed where the dynamics have changed and how... Porter is more, quite a bit more assertive in his role and being aware of who he is and where he is right now. And I think that is essential going forward for this Denver Nuggets team for Porter realizing who he is and where he is and how it will affect affect this Nuggets team going forward. And I will tell you how after I talk to you about DraftKings. For some, The draft is the most exciting day of the season. Not me. For others, it's a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing the the excitement to you. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is drafted first overall. On Thursday night, turning $1 into $100 in free bets is simple. All you have to do is place a wager on any draft day outcome and you will be eligible for $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall. Think you know how your team is going to what your team is going to do in the in this free ah. Think you know how your team is going to do in this year's draft? Well, it's easy for me to say. Put your money where your mouth is and bet on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up for a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That's right. DraftKings is letting you turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall this Thursday night. Don't forget, enter code MHS during sign-up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Winnings paid out in free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The Nuggets are in an interesting place right now. With Jamal Murray's protracted absence and, and Michael Porter Jr.'s hopefully continue ascendancy and we'll see how it goes in the playoffs Nuggets have an interesting choice and that interesting interesting choice begins this next off season Michael Porter jr is eligible for early extension um, say what you want about Brian Windhorst, and you uh, could say a lot this year um, this nuggets team has a choice that they need to make. I don't necessarily... Let me retract. Dilemma is not the right word. They have a choice. And that choice is about giving Michael Porter Jr. an early max extension. And with the way he's playing, it is almost certain that max money is part of the equation. And... It's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets navigate this and the Kronke's willingness to go into the tax to keep what the Nuggets need to keep. Um, Porter needs to be kept and he needs to be, and, he, and this, he's under Nuggets control, quote unquote, because he's going to be going into a restricted free agency after next season. The Nuggets need have control, and obviously they get anywhere from seven to eight years uh, before he hits unrestricted free agency. If I was the Nuggets, I'd say just we got to do it. We got to give him the max because he's that valuable, and I don't think they should play around with this. The Denver Nuggets need to understand where they're at. Um. It's not every day you've got three players like this, <laughs> and you need to make sure that you keep them. I said at the beginning of the year, there's this James Harden situation with the Denver Nuggets. You don't want to lowball him like the Oklahoma City Thunder did. You don't want to pay Serge Ibaka instead of your star bench guy. Uh, you don't want to end up not starting a James Harden. You don't want to end up insulting him. And the best thing you can do as someone who is approaching a guy who is rapidly ascending in pressure situations under, I mean, this Nuggets team is good. Make no mistake, people, this hasn't been handed to Michael Porter Jr. This is a meritocracy here. He's not getting time just because he was the 14th pick in the draft. He's getting time because he is that good. And being that good presents itself in a manner of extremely different ways. And if it was me, if I, if I was making this decision, if I was the owner of the Denver Nuggets, I wouldn't hesitate. I would say, let's do it. Because you have to capitalize on what you've got and who you've got and this Denver Nuggets team needs and I think they do I th- I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt I th- I definitely think management knows this I I you know I'm always with any ownership group I I I'm like questionable because I don't know and the Nuggets as I pointed out a while back the Nuggets haven't paid tax since 2009 10 I mean it's been over a decade and you could argue they haven't had a team worth paying the tax for. But you could also argue that right now is the that time. Money where the mouth is time. And that's a challenge for both Stan and Josh Kroenke. You have to make sure that you lock Michael Porter Jr. up. And it should be the biggest no-brainer of all time. You You give him that money. And I think the momentum is heading that direction. And then you decide later how you're going to approach. But as of right now, I just have a great feeling that Michael Porter Jr.'s ascendancy, the man with the most unstoppable scoring prowess and most efficient scoring prowess since Alex English, um, is on your team. Let's face it, Carmelo was a scoring machine, but he scored it. Mello was the definition of volume scorer. Melo took a ton of shots, and he didn't hit all of them, and sometimes you'd be well under 50%. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is an efficiency stratosphere we have not seen in Denver since Alex English. Now, I question the, I I, I question how people are so obsessed with efficiency. I think that's one of the down downfalls not downfalls, but one of the drawbacks of the analytics era is the obsession with efficiency, which I think kind of does a disservice to defenses around the league. <laughs> Sometimes defenses are good. And sometimes you need to put up a lot of shots in order to make to make make sure you maintain your gravity, right? And you know, once again, as you all know, I hate that word gravity in relation to basketball, but it is what it is. Anyway, think about it this way, folks: the Nuggets have a good problem, and Michael Porter Jr. keeps on that ascendancy trail. Thirty-nine points against Houston, thirty-one against the Memphis Grizzlies. There's going to be a team that keys in on him, and he won't be have as good uh, a uh, scoring time. But that opens things up for Aaron Gordon. It opens things up for Nikola Jokic. That's only a good thing, folks. Only a good thing. And I hope the Nuggets are where I'm at right now and that they need to lock this up right now. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.